1: Oh, oh.
0: cans have been cracked and we're underway. I'm just like, did you get some spray on you?
1: Yeah, mine is splooged on it. Oh
0: no! Well, so fresh. You want to go first, stuff. Jay?
1: Yeah, I want to get this underway here. I have the dream by, is it, is it by Hydra? Is that or is it so so or is it Dream Hydra? Burley Oak?
0: Burley Oak and Mortalis collab, but uh, Called, they
2: yeah. call it Hydra. Call it Hydra. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what you th- What do you think? It's pretty good. This is one Connor had a couple weeks ago. I almost beat him to a pulp because he didn't know that he didn't get me any, and, he, oh, and yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he knows that's something I would have loved. But luckily, they had a bunch more at uh, craft beer cellar today, which we were just at. Um, great, shout out craft great beer, spot. yeah, wonderful spot. They had a bunch more, so I went ahead and grabbed eight of them. Was there met ma- <laughs> <laughs> Naturally,
2: there was, a lot. there was a good amount. Really? Yeah. Yeah,
0: they were in. They were kind of hidden away, actually. But I, I took it upon myself to go up and ask her and see if she had any more. And <laughs> sure enough. That's why, just like my dad, I always try and seek out the people working there to talk to them. Oh, yeah. Some people are like, yeah. no, I don't want to help. I don't want to ask anybody. But I'm like, let me find the first person I see wearing like a, a store t-shirt. A CBC that knows- shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sure enough, we found the beer pretty quickly. But
1: Is there mad people eating there and shit? It um, was pretty
0: calm, I would say. There were people today. eating, but there weren't that many. I
1: mean, when we were
2: there, it was
0: it was Yeah, it was <laughs> popping, right? They were doing some type of tasting. We got to get in Shout on it. Shout
2: out them. to Craft Beer Cellar. There's also like a little eatery in there as well. Check them out if you're in the yeah. Boston area.
0: And they got those sweet candied waffles too at checkout. Yeah. I don't appreciate that. Don't put something in your checkout. You know that I'm going to buy every single time. I consider that to be predatory, um, but it works and they're delicious, but... I went, uh, from our good friends up north in Vermont, I decided to go with Move On Up Milk Stout. Um, There's like cows Mm. all over. You'll see the picture of the can when we upload the episode, but this is Move On Up Milk Stout, a luscious milk stout with rich malt and chocolate tones brewed with oats, cacao nibs, and a touch of our own fresh roasted coffee. Mm. Um, It's fantastic, by the way. A very, very good, uh, big fan of this one, and obviously a craft beer cellar. Can't really miss with them.
2: I am back and I'm having a beer. I didn't have a beer last time out, but I got myself. That's right. Got my hands on the Substance Ale from Bissell Brothers up in Maine. Um, they come, they come and go pretty quickly at Craft Beer Cellar. From what we've gotten, uh, everybody like you, gotten, man. Yeah, everybody's Bissell through just, and through, just like trying you to are. Get it. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, great beer, great IPA, and it's their staple. So it's um, their flagship IPA. So definitely check them out if you can up in Portland, Maine.
0: Yeah, man. You were like a kid on Christmas when you saw that in there. And then he, go, he goes, well, maybe I'll do something else. And I just see him wandering around the store, like looking <laughs> in the corner of his eye. I'm like, dude, just get the substance ale. <laughs> that actually we'll get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make this quick. Uh, speaking of Andrew Flores McKenna, you were our points winner this week. Wow. You won hey, What was the score? You went, uh, you had seven. Oh, fuck you, Jalen. And Jalen had four. So he finished last. So double F you Jalen. I had five Connor had six. It's uh, crazy in classic leads fashion. Jalen just took a dip. Let me back up next. I really week. am
1: the leads of points. Huh?
0: I'm not concerned about <laughs> it. I know you are back at the top. Um, and I just feel like I've been at like second, third most of the season. I've been in the bottom part of the table, but it's all right. Well, what was Connor again? Sorry. Connor was six. So he finished second this week. Um, Jay, I think you had, or no, Andrew, you might've had, you definitely had a correct score line. And somebody else picked Southampton two nothing over Norwich. I don't remember who it was though, but two people got all three from that. So mm. that was the hot game of the weekend. But Okay. We can jump right into games. I mean, this was—we uh, are down a man this week. Connor is uh, exercising his hollers podcast unpaid vacation. <laughs> Everybody gets two weeks. It's use or lose it. So he's got to use his, or he's going to lose out on it. Um, That's for sure. Yeah. But this is episode ninety nine. We needed to make sure that he was here for episode one hundred, uh, which will be this <laughs> Sunday. We called the last
2: episode ninety eight point so. five. So yeah. But
0: it turns out if you have a podcast, you can just do whatever you want. You can call whatever episode you want. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. And we definitely did that. But looking forward to having him back. It was kind of nice him not being here for Liverpool winning, to be quite honest with you. But uh, I'm yeah. sure he was celebrating in the great white north. But
2: Yeah, definitely. For sure. Let's get into it.
0: We jump in to match week 26. This is 26, right? 27. 27? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Southampton 2, Norwich 0. We had a great goal from... Shea Adams. Shea Adams. We had a great goal from uh, Romeo, right? Romeo, yep.
2: A little yep. one-bouncer
0: that he pinged into the top corner.
2: This was Yeah, definitely. This was a game that Southampton completely dominated. It was kind of like, how many can they score? It felt like a lot, plenty of opportunities. Elie Nussi had a great chance early on in the first half. But, um, I mean, clean sheet. Ralph Hasselhuden is... Um, they haven 't won in they haven 't lost in five matches, so they sit ninth or seventh, sorry, no wait ninth mm-hmm. with a game in hand, so um plenty to look forward there, uh, to there and they 're right behind wolves, I believe right now, so I uh, mean yeah. and if the season ended
0: today if i 'm a Southampton fan, I think, yeah, well, you know decent turnout this is kind of probably
2: where we expected to finish I feel like people had them I might have had them going down way further in the table, did you at the start of the season oh,
0: I think I remember that I yeah
2: I, I think I was like. This might oh, be the season. Don't worry,
0: we'll check. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. At the end of the season, we're gonna we're gonna pull those out of the
2: uh, dusty cabinet. We're, we're gonna, gonna do see. the side by side. Connor will make a graphic, and it'll yep. be pretty funny. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is a season for any Southampton fan that they should be de- they should definitely be happy and um, consider it definitely like a successful season for them. Staying up, having some good performances, and there's still plenty of matches left to to try and finish farther up the table. Maybe mm-hmm. get a European spot and the uh, European Europa League conference.
0: Or crash the party, yeah. right? I mean, we, even we, if or they crash think the party, yeah. w- we're not going to get quite enough points to maybe qualify for anything, let's just be a team that people don't forget about this season. Let's yeah. let's be a club that next season, uh, a club that ran into us late last year goes, oh, remember these guys? These guys jacked up a lot of what we had planned. So, yeah. And you know what that's better than what m- most other clubs can say at this point so there's a lot of clubs who would die be dying to be in that position based and on where they
2: wanted to be JWP being only 28 years old with plenty of time left plenty of career time and uh, to be played at Southampton hopefully they make can make some good signings after this season to kind of push up for european spots and see if they can yeah you know mess with those teams
0: And then on the other side of things Norwich who are kind of kind of in a funny position to me I, I
1: think. I truly don't think they're doing that bad. I don't want to say bad because obviously they're bottom of the table, but Dean Smith, I don't think, has done a terrible job with them. No, they're definitely. They were definitely in a way worse place before. (laughs) Way worse.
0: I just. Where where I worry about uh, Norwich now is you're definitely right. They are greatly improved, and Dean Smith can be largely credited to that. But then I'm like, shit, Burnley are kind of winning now. Newcastle are well out of it now at this point. I'm like, are Norwich. Other than Watford's still like maybe the two favorite then to go down still
1: yeah hundred percent but it's so weird because Norwich will like randomly show up against like a big team like yep. not yep. like win a game like they'll definitely they'll do good against City like they'll have a good game against City mm. I'm pretty sure they had a good either did they get walloped by Liverpool or they played good against they Liverpool? played
2: good they played good against Liverpool but For like they the weren't able one half right yeah, yeah. 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 It was a half, like, yeah
1: but then like those don't translate to a team like no. Southampton or like those are the games they're getting like
2: two owed and three owed yeah. I personally just think Norwich don't have the caliber of players I agree. you talk about a championship yeah. side that is a championship side you get a, you get like five players at your disposal you got half a team that are primarily quality in my opinion uh, and it's unfortunate but I just think they're they're going to go down. Haven't done
0: enough, once again, business-wise,
2: to prove that they should be staying back up. And um, Dean Smith it can, is doing all he can right now with the players that, that he does have, and he's a good manager, but I just don't think it's sustainable. And this isn't a situation where you put the blame on the manager. It's kind of like he was dealt a bad hand from what happened before. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> Norwich are that yo-yo club. We talk about it all the time. They are a yo-yo club. And they'll probably remain to be... Competing next season in the championship, wouldn't be surprised if they came back up. Honestly, yeah. like I really, I, I really wouldn't. So, and then
0: we can have the same exact conversation we had uh, like a year ago before yeah. about how well if they're going to come back up, they're going to have to be willing to do business. Yeah. <laughs> I think we might have even talked about that the year before that, but who knows? I mean, it's sort of a tough situation to be in. Yeah, uh, none of us know what it's like to see our club get promoted from uh, the second strongest league to the strongest league so that's something i feel like never gets old even if i'm a norwich fan right and i'm like i know in in may you guys are gonna have me tearing my hair out and i'm gonna see you get dropped back down but it then becomes like a party year almost in a way that's that's assuming everything's going well but i don't know i guess like i'm thinking about it from the fan standpoint it's really shitty but At least there's a good chance that they'll see them absolutely clean up next season in the championship. (laughs) Yeah, you go like like
1: what you're saying. They go one year just like hating their lives, and Mm. next year they're going like 35 and 0 and they're just partying every time at the pub, just like celebrating wins.
2: I think what needs to happen from some of these Norwich players is they need to make a jump to a different club. Like Max Arians is a great example. He doesn't want to remain in that yo yo establishment of. Having a good season, coming up to the Premier League, having a poor season with, not him personally, but being in a poor squad. But it does because it's like his development is also going to yo-yo. Like he's going to yeah. feel like the man. Down That's what the I'm ch- saying. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. going to feel like the man
1: down the championship. Todd Canwell,
2: p- perfect example. Yeah. Did not show up this season. Had a gr- had a great first season in the Premier League. Went back down to the Championship, balled out, came back to the Premier League, and didn't do anything. And was now eventually he going, right? now he's, he was loaned out. So Billy Gilmore is an example of a player who, I don't think I don't I wouldn't want for him to go to Norwich as a club
1: again. Yeah, if I was Chelsea, hopefully he goes to like a more like a Southampton yeah. or something yeah. like <laughs> that. Like
2: get some playing time in a side that he it was can an. Odd, I feel like that
1: was an odd decision by them because even like. You can't expect him to keep Norwich up. No. Like, obviously, he was going he, he, he to get playing wishful. time, which is what they want. But
0: Oh, just go kick him to Norwich. He'll <laughs> do fine, right? Like, yeah, he there plays was not
1: 24-7, but he's not playing good football 24-7, so he's going to get bad habits.
0: Bad habits, and I feel like the fans are not really taking to him, maybe because he comes from Chelsea. At first, they were like, oh, we got this talisman that they're using the word generational for for some reason. But then it's like a couple games in, they... They don't have any other players like that with that sort of ceiling that people will go, oh, he's an exceptional talent. A few players who are really skilled, but I feel like they probably already held him to way too high of a standard. And yeah. he's like,
2: high expectations. to be honest,
0: man, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Like, this yeah. really sucks. I don't enjoy this. I'm here to
2: develop as a young player and hopefully help you guys. But when the team doesn't help him or the manager doesn't help him, they're all in the same shitty situation. So it's unfortunate, and I feel bad for Norwich. I hope they can find some stability. Like, I don't know. Is it good to go back down and come back up all the time? I, I really don't know.
0: Maybe. Is there a team more prepared and experienced in that category? Like, well, the first thing we always say when relegation is, it's like, all oh, they're going to lose a lot of funds. A lot of the players are going to walk. The TV deals change. Everything about the club just becomes smaller time, and unfortunately that has monetary consequences. Yeah. But our Norwich at this point, like, fuck it. Take my debit card. <laughs> <laughs> we will find a way. You will see us again in <laughs> the Premier League. You can count on it, but... Yeah. I don't know if it's if eventually it's st- the formula stops working or if like how we say, oh, a really good batch of teams got promoted this season are the championship clubs now. Like, say they go back down next season and the top like five or six or even seven championship clubs are like, no, we're kind of gunning now you're not going to just walk all over us and, and yeah, own the league like you have. Yeah. Then they're like, shit, this is not good. If we don't <laughs> get promoted, then then the tailspin kind of begins. So, yeah. Definitely really eager to see where they end up. I mean, I I don't wish the worst of any club. I just think it's all sort of relative at some point, but Mm -hmm. curious to see if they uh, pop back up, but we move on to Saturday morning. I tiptoe around this one. I'm hesitant because I still have, it's like talking about an ex-girlfriend three hours after you guys break up. (laughs) That's like what this feels like right now. I don't really want to do it, but I'm one of the four hosts of this podcast and feel like I need to do my due diligence Spurs played Leeds and they won for nothing. Poohed I still it. I don't have anything positive to say about Spurs. Granted their result today, and I th- I actually think Leeds was is just in such a poor run of form right now. <coughs> Any other eleven players could get on the field and score against them. To be quite frank with you, so yeah, it was great that we didn't lose and drop points to Leeds, but. I mean, a four nothing win, the the, the full time whistle blows. And I'm like, okay, step one of a hundred now to go into the right direction. Like I, I try and take little wins when I get them. But sure enough, days later, we crash out to Middlesbrough today in the FA cup. I mean, as a fan, I don't remember a harder season to watch them play. I really don't. The up and down is at an extreme point. Unlike anything I've ever seen at Tottenham Hotspur football club and many other clubs too they they beat city they they lose to burnley one nothing they then destroy leeds for nothing and crash out to middlesbrough in the fa cup i don't know how i'm supposed to like what how, how do i what do in, i in
1: more miniature ways i would say united and arsenal are also we also in that same boat i would say their highs and their lows were definitely
2: very high and uh, low.
1: V- very high and low. Not uh, not as like the caliber. I would say Spurs is they they have highs and lows, but it's just so inconsistent. Like it's just also, like, terribly inconsistent.
2: In a like another way, not just like football style and like matches, but Nuno, who's I I rate Nuno as a manager, but it was a low, and then you guys got Conte, which was a high. Like that, that's even a low-high situation. It's not just on the pitch, which is kind of interesting. It's its affecting, like, your transfer window this past summer was pretty low, I would say. Right. Romero was a good signing. Um, who? Um, Pape Sarr. Who, Brian who, Gill was a good signing. Yeah. Like, but, like, nothing. It was, like, low-high. And then January, high. Hulu, uh, Bentacore. Hulu, you got, Bentacore. Some, got rid of some dead weight. But it's like there's no consistency of, of the signings you make with the performances on the pitch. Um, Kane's back. Kane started out low, now he's back high, Sone's back, he's firing all cylinders. They they were influential in your last couple <clears throat> wins. I don't I don't know. It's it's interesting. I feel bad. I, I think that's more of the players than it is Conte at this point. And I like to think that. And and you were a great friend today, very
0: understanding, always are. You said, dude, my team lost to Middlesbrough <laughs> last week. You don't think I know how or this feels? A month ago or whatever. A month ago yeah. whenever it was. It feels like it was a month ago.
1: <laughs> oh, and I I'm, mixed them up with uh, Nottingham. It that's, a, yeah, yeah, no, Arsenal, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, But Arsenal have had those moments.
0: And so. I get that. Arsenal were kind of, it had a low moment, but but here is my whole point. Here's my whole point, which is your team also crashed out to Middlesbrough. Your team is also, maybe as much as Spurs underperformed from what we, people expected and what, what we thought of them going into this
2: season. Yeah, Definitely.
0: When was your last trophy?
2: Uh, 2015,
0: 2016. So for maybe a team like 16, Manchester United. Sorry. sixteen seventeen. Either way, maybe for a team like United, to the fans, that's too long a drought, and you guys should be winning more. But what I'm saying is like every other fucking club besides Spurs after a loss like that, even if with their tails between their legs can go, you know what? Arsenal won the fucking FA Cup two years ago. We've never done that. Well, we had, but a long time ago. Like, we have nothing, nothing tangible, even remotely tangible. The best thing to ever happen to our club was Lucas Moura scoring against Ajax and sending us to the Champions League final. I wouldn't trade that moment for anything. I really wouldn't. It's a great memory. It's the best memory I have of Tottenham by far was dancing out of work that summer day dancing to the (laughs) train sprinting home with us like i was Willy fucking wonka's (laughs) chocolate factory going to the i've never been so happy and i'm like we haven't even come close to achieving anything like that since and there's that's it's the tangibility of things it's like it's just it's so it's so help it's such a helpless dire feeling that's what it is no pun intended like it's a it's a very helpless like are we cursed? This is what I'm thinking on the train. I'm like, are we cursed? Are we just always going to be bad? What what have we done wrong? The group of players we have now isn't even that shitty. It's not great, but like, <laughs> could I see our starting eleven winning the epic? Yes, I honestly could. I really could. And I, I crazier things have happened. Managers have brought worse clubs to, to finals and won and had better results. It's just like I feel like today was was the absolute most I could possibly take. And it just took so much. What? Ten minutes into the game, what did I text you guys? I said, man, this is not good. We're kind of waiting to lose one nothing because I can tell because we're dead right now. I've never fucking hated being right so much, dude. I've ne- I In most situations, because I'm a pessimist, I go, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm not right. I, <laughs> I pray I'm not correct here. And today, I was bang on the money correct and... I, I don't know. I, I, my closing point and all is like, I'm thinking, well, Conte has gone. Conte is going to get behind the microphone today. Say I quit. And he's going to walk because money doesn't matter to him. What matters to him is losing in Middlesbrough, losing to Tottenham, blowing a goal or losing to Southampton, blowing a, a one goal lead. Sure enough, he gets there. He looks beaten up, downtrodden saying, we have a lot of work to do. We're going to try and straighten this out. And I'm thinking like, dude, I don't know what you're even to, to, to say we're going to financially back him in the summer is one thing, but to assume that he will from this moment be here till the summer is a, I think a very big, a very big. Yeah, uh, I,
1: uh, I don't even remember the last club he stayed more than two years or three years.
0: What I love about Conte is that he he got behind the mic right, and it's a lot of times I like, go, oh, he's. I feel like this coach is making it about him. Sometimes the coach thinks he's too big, and I don't like that. Mourinho did that a lot, but Conte goes, I don't, I don't lose to to Southampton. I, this thing, the the run of games we've had doesn't really happen to me. I, it's it never has. And for the first time, I'm like, dude, I am so pro Conte here. Of course not. Like, he's seeing what's what is going on here, and he's done a lot of good, but, I mean.
2: I, I don't think it'd be right for him to leave, and I don't think. I agree. I don't think it'd be right for Spurs fans or, or Danny, Daniel Levy to question Conte. Um,
0: Largely back in content. We've become a
2: manager's club now because we hate the ownership and the mediocre
0: players so much. What I've noticed now, and it's switched with Mourinho, when Mourinho got in and he was more comfortable calling out Levy, being behind the microphone during a a press conference and saying whatever the fuck he wanted, blaming the players if they didn't play well, maybe in too blamey of a way, but the fans were like, Yes.
1: Yeah, because yes. Potts was nice. Potts was, was never
0: like that. We don't get to scream and Levy's stupid bald face Bias after Bowers games. Wasn't like that. Nobody. Yeah. We've never had a manager who was like That's that. Sherwood really wasn't. And like we that. got a taste of it with Mourinho. And maybe it was honestly for the worse a lot of the time when the locker room went. It went in a bad way. But like that's why I think with Conte now, him doing this, it's like no fan. Every fan is behind him. Even if he were to walk today and say this club is a dumpster fire, the ownership sucks, and the <laughs> players are mediocre, we would all say I'm getting that tattooed on my back. Like we know this is something we've yeah. been screaming into the heavens, into the void for years. So I think you still have a lot to look forward
2: to by this for the summer because he's gonna. I hope he's here, Andrew. I hope he can but, stay, but dude. I know you have to. I, I think what he has to realize is he'll have a whole preseason with this club. It'll be a different preseason, different preseason because COVID is now um, it's starting to teeter off with with restrictions and and holding legitimate preseason tournaments. Getting your We're team doing some
0: tour of uh, South Korea,
2: yeah, the so South Korean sunny tour. Yeah, so Can't you're, wait. you're getting a full experience for, with <laughs> Conte with the players. He'll offload dead weight. He'll bring in play. Hopefully, he'll sign um, Bentcore on. Apparently, the he'll be back. Bat- like, yeah, he'll be back. That's yes, what I'm hearing you should, that, this season, I don't think, I think the burrow loss is tough and I know that for a fact because it happened to me, but like the burrow loss was like two hand ripping my genitalia
0: off of my body. And I actually don't think that's an exaggeration. <laughs> but, so I get it's tough, but like, to, like, again, I, you're talking to a very you know, know, desperate but, person right now,
2: but I think you need to kind of just face the fact that this season is going to be up and down and just, just get to the summer. And I think Conte will stay till the summer. He'll stay till next season. Just, don't,
0: just don't get like, to the summer is a great mantra for every human being on the planet to be practicing. <laughs> I think he'll right stay
1: now. until... I After don't, next... I, I not
0: January window... If, he, th-
1: if it goes smoothly, though, but, but yeah. I don't put it past the owner, obviously. Of, if he oh. makes it tougher, for Conte, he's like, dude, I'm not doing this. No, and, oh, and, and,
0: and again, that's something that fans were like, fuck yeah. Like, quit. Just leave. <laughs> yeah. Get your stuff and go and say as many bad things about your boss as you possibly can before being dragged out the door. And, and try and t- 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 get rid of mediocre players from the walk from your desk to the door when they kick you out. Like, it's we're just become a manager's club now that's going to kind of blindly back the manager as long as he's, like, serious about success. And. Yeah,
2: no, I agree. I mean, I, I totally understand that. That makes sense. I want to talk about Leeds quickly. Yeah, talk do. about. Uh, we talked about it on Sunday, but uh, Marcelo Bisla is officially no longer the Leeds manager, and Jesse March is in. Farewell to Marcelo. I think he's, he's done a great job for Leeds. He's got them where they need to be in the Premier League. Fortunately, it hasn't gone that well. And uh, in comes the American. with a. We got another American. With a very good CV. Um, spent time at Red Bulls. Spent time at Red Bulls uh, Salzburg. And then Leipzig. Unfortunately, Leipzig wasn't the best stint. But mm-hmm. he comes with a new system. And I did some research. Tell us about the system, Andrew. And um, what's good about Jesse March and what's what should be hopeful for Leeds fans and for the players themselves is that that what Jesse March demands of his team is very high energy fitness. He comes from the German league. We know all know. We know all of that. So off of total football analyst magazine found on YouTube quickly ran through how he's, how he sets up and how his team likes to play on the counter. Um, well, not on the counter, but how his like, how his team likes to set up on the attack and defense. And build up and whatnot exactly so he plays a 422 similar to the genggam press um, um but it's very interchangeable because he sets up to how like most managers they set up to how their opposition set up i believe he had nine different formations in his first season with salzburg but he said he insisted it was a 422 but he doesn't really um <laughs> rely necessarily rely on that um he has his team press when the opposition plays the ball rather than when you receive the ball jalen i know we know playing you're always told to press as soon as a man is about to receive the ball and in his in his system it's as soon as that player releases the ball you press into which the ball into where the ball is going mm. um, he wants in, in that in that case following that he wants p- players in a zonal position and when the ball is released he wants the man in the halfway from um, the length of the pass that way you're able to cut out time lost to press the ball, the player about to receive gotcha. the ball, if that makes any sense, um, and he does not worry about passing lanes either. So when, when he's make when he has his team, they press as a unit. So he does not worry about passing lanes opening because of how they press at, as one, and it creates a shadow, um, a shadow block, essentially cutting off chances and cutting off certain players. Um, so it, they're very, it's very organized in how they press. We see that with the Gengen Press with with Ragnick and his style. So it's very similar in that way. It's a similar mindset. Except they're hoping that this works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, that,
0: that came out more bluntly than I thought it Yeah, would, no, but, but
2: th- this is based off Salzburg. So it could right. be different with leads, but...
0: You're like, th- fuck you, This Christian. is an idea
2: of where he's coming from. The cover shadow, reducing passing options. Um, they're tight in, defense, in a defensive shape, so they prevent long balls played mm. over the top. Um, Which that's seems like it's going to be one of the most key
0: parts because of how often leads are burned not yeah. not only on the long ball which they are susceptible to that but really in every defensive aspect. Say they start getting getting better at Ding up the long ball, then they get a little bit more confidence, a little bit more organization. I feel like that's like
2: the hugest yeah. thing. Yeah, and,
1: like the sungle, not to cut you exactly, off, but like yeah. the sungle like should would never happen at a, so at a club mm-hmm. in another
2: club. When you look at Marcelo's um, the way he sets up, he has his players pressing man-to-man. In this system, you're playing zonal. So you're not you're not um, freeing up passing lanes and vulnerability for yourself because that was one of the negative aspects to Marcelo's system. The beauty of his system, though, was with Calvin Phillips in the midfield. That's why he was able to break up play um, and loosen up chances and tighten up the midfield a little bit more. But we haven't seen Calvin Phillips in three to when four months. When is he supposed to come back? I don't know. What is his injury?
0: Do you know? I have no clue. You,
2: he is a... When you talk about a player who's super integral to a side, like Leeds were successful he's last like year, like Declan
0: Rice level, I think yeah. in terms of success, I do Probably too more so. When
2: it comes to breaking up play, he's up there right now in the league. Yeah. And when you think about last season with with Marcelo, he was extremely influential on that end. But going back to Mar- to Jesse March's system, um, and while they're pressing, if they're beaten, they recover and press again, and he calls us to recover re- um, and repress. So they get back into position, and then they re- they restart their their zonal press as a unit. Um, and then once possession is won, they drive directly. This is what Salzburg did. They, dr- they would drive directly to the penalty box to make their shape narrow mm-hmm. and use as much width as they wanted to. And it also creates a flood to the box, which, he, which Jesse March, um, he pushes players in the box. That's how we got a lot of goals at Salzburg. That's how his, how his team scored a lot of goals, and it worked very well because he was highly touted. Calvin uh, tore his hamstring. Yeah. And he had surgery. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Brutal. So he likes to keep his attack narrow, and um, he likes when they're in possession, the team itself is very narrow, so they don't rely on their width that much, but they keep their passing lanes long enough to where if they were, A, to keep it long enough to obviously find players, but not too long. So if they were to lose possession, they're quickly in a shape where they can win it back. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of his system is to essentially win balls off pressing, off defense, and scoring off that. He he does not worry too much about possession. It's more about pressing the team into a in a position where they can win it and score. He he like harps on that. It's like it's kind of really interesting. Mm. Um, but that's basically what he that's his focus. If um, that's my overview of it, that's what I got from Football Analysis Magazine. Really good breakdown. You should check him out on YouTube. But um, very exciting for Leeds, in my opinion, because he insists on a press, which Leeds do. It's just not man-to-man. And he demands high work rate, which these Leeds players are capable of. They have plenty of pace on the counter. If you have Dan James running... You tell Dan James with the ball, run directly to the penalty box. He goes,
0: Coach, that's all I know how to do. (laughs) (laughs) Like
2: He has players to create with Rafinha, with... um, with Jack Harrison, Dan James with pace, obviously. Ty Roberts is not the best player, in my opinion. But Stu if you, Dallas? <laughs> Stu Dallas with plenty of pace, but Ty Roberts, like with the ball at his feet, he can find players. Um, Klitsch is also good in possession. So if you get this team more organized in defense and, and in possession, and you're decreasing those open gaps and passes of play on their own side, on their own half, like this could be very exciting for Leeds if they stay up and if he's given a full summer with them into 2022, 2023. But.
1: Three things. One, they're definitely – one thing that's going to be good about the press is that they're not going to be – now that it's zonal, they're not going to be as tired. Yeah. Exactly. So they're just going to be – They're definitely going to be, like you said, the fitness. They're going to be ready. Um, what was I about to say? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with players because yeah. while these players don't have a position – yeah. They're very interchangeable. bezo would be like, or or whatever. Mm-hmm. He would just be like, Cooper, you're playing right back. Or Cooper, you're playing CDM. And
2: he's like, okay. Well, that's that's also based off... Another good smart thing about Biesla and how, why it worked was he was... His players were interchangeable because his formations were interchangeable. interchangeable. So if they were to lose the ball, and a Liam Cooper is... In a center defensive mid position, in that situation, he will remain in that position, right? It's like until they win the ball back. Yeah. It's yeah. like and rolling basketball. So it's man. super, it's super weird, and it's super like it could be a lot for a play. It's very demanding for sure. Well, it's yeah. going to
1: be demanding, but it's also going to be demanding to get that out of his head. Like, exactly. bro, you're yeah. not yeah. a CDM. Get back to right back. Mm. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah,
2: like you don't hold like you don't hold your position in the situation. You get back to your position, and we we go back to our for our zonal press as a unit. Mm-hmm. And you you're playing center back. You're not fucking staying at right back or right mid because you ended up there somehow off of a corner kick.
1: Yeah, so it's, uh, <laughs> it'll definitely be good. And I like how, how like how you said like it's interchangeable and that he like he used nine formations, so it's not technically a 4, t- four 2, two. Mm-hmm. Like it'll probably keep shifting.
2: Exactly, it you shifts sh- it shifts by team because if you're playing two a two striker man, which not a lot of teams do in the Premier League, it's usually um, a one. one number nine now. Right, but um, it's all about how you set up and it's about. With, with Leeds, it was about setting up where you're outnumbering the man in the the midfield in who's forward or... It's mostly midfield and forwards that you want to outnumber. Yeah. But Jesse March is going to be very zonal, so you're not marking man to man, which also does... It leaves less room for gaps, which is super important, and that's why Leeds conceded without Calvin Phillips.
0: And so there's the obvious... Uh, there's the structural changes that Leeds will see. Um, which you guys have very wonderfully explained. And I feel like there will be a lot of positives that do come from that. Um, for me, the biggest thing will be that Leeds now have an overwhelmingly positive human being running the ship. And I think, as tactical a genius as Bielsa is, as much as he's permanently engraved himself into Leeds folklore forever, and it's totally just and understandable and deserved. We talked about this last weekend, or at the podcast on the weekend, he's not super personable behind the mic. He doesn't speak great English, so he has somebody do the interviews for him, which a lot of times it kind of seems like he's able to evade some of the tougher questions. Now you got an American, and if there's one thing we've learned about Americans is that they love being behind the microphone. (laughs) They have no problem being interviewed. They like cracking jokes. They're very comfortable. And I think while, let's just say Marsh's tactical abilities are not as maybe legendary as Bielsa's is, man, if I'm a player, I'm thinking the post-game chats with him are going to be a lot easier. I feel like I can just walk into the office and talk to him because I don't have this sort of weird... And again, Bielsa might have been a lot closer with the Leeds guys than than he was letting off because he's been through a lot with them. But just from a player standpoint, even if I was really close with Bielsa, I'm thinking geez, you know, I'm not afraid to go in and, and give him a piece of my mind or tell him about the team. I know he's going to go up there and be really honest in press conferences. I know he'll have our back. I know he still kind of feels like the new guy here at Leeds at Ellen Road, so he's going he's gonna to back his players a little bit more, whereas before maybe Bielsa was like, yeah, alien kind of sucks when I need him to not suck. Like in yeah, some they, they
2: have that relationship where and yeah. Marsh will
0: be more so like, "Hey, man, like I'm trying to, I'm gonna keep you guys afloat. Let's make a fun thing here." I, like you said, I think it's a beautiful appointment. I think it's a great match, Uh, and I think there'll be some good from it, sort of like Gerard level, but. They'll be growing pains. They don't have the hard. They have a decently hard next five matches, but nothing crazy. They have a couple very winnable games in there. Yeah, they do. Yeah. The tough thing is now it's like Marsh is like going to try and implement his style of play while also fighting a relegation battle. So he doesn't really have the luxury of being mid table and dropping a couple points and then gaining them back up. He really, the winning's got to happen now. Unfortunately, which is a huge caveat to all
2: this. But with everything I just said about his system and how he sets up. That's not easy, and like Jalen mentioned it, to get out of a player's head what he was previously working on and to implement a new system completely is He'll have not bar. easy. And it's probably not going to be put in. It's probably going to put in like 30% yeah. if we're really looking at it, honestly. There's two two to three months left of the season. I mean, the clock is ticking for leads. They sit just above relegation. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he can do his best while he's there.
0: The I read this this morning. And put it in the group chat immediately. But it's worth saying over the podcast again. Eriksson collapses almost a year ago. The guy who comes on for him is also a Brentford player. Oh yeah. Eriksson goes to Brentford, and the guy who comes off for Eriksson, who makes his first appearance in like two hundred some odd days, is that same fucking player. I think it's
2: Jensen, is his name. It's um, I have it down. It's Matthias Jensen.
0: Matthias Jensen. But so that was just an ins- insane thing that I saw on social media somewhere, and I was like, wow, that is insane. But yeah. I mean, Newcastle or Brentford rather would have wanted a much better result for on, on an emotional day like today. Bringing Erickson back looked like he did okay, but it's worth shouting out Newcastle. I mean, trippier list Newcastle getting another three points our, and are now in 14th. Right? Is that what we?
2: Yeah, they also dominated the hell out of Brentford. Like hmm. they, Brentford went down to ten men early on with the Silva's challenge. It was so, so bad. A Brash challenge on target. He like essentially jumped about that. Basically, yeah. like. Hopped on his foot. It was like the sixth minute. He did that, right? <laughs> it, was, it, was like, it, was like, it was like the, the sixth game was or Seventh, and then um, something crazy. Yeah, Frank then it was, was like great. And, thanks. <laughs> and then it was like decided. Like for it, the VAR took forever to decide. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one player I want to shout out, Ryan Fraser. Um oh, yeah. He's been a player that has been phenomenal for for Newcastle since he's uh, since he's been signed, especially under Eddie Howe. Eleventh minute. Eleventh minute. No, it was a foul happened in the in the, happened in the he seventh? got
1: awarded that in the yeah. in the yeah. in the eleventh <laughs> so minute. It so like, it was probably like the it was probably like the seventh or
2: eighth. VAR like was taking minute. hours to it's make a decision. But it's not loading. <laughs> Ryan Fraser, uh, since Eddie Howe is joining, uh, especially because obviously he used to work together at Bournemouth, He's been phenomenal. He got he got an assist on the day uh, for Jillotin as well. Uh, but he's a player that I, I've enjoyed watching at Newcastle. And works hard, plenty of skill, and he does have a good whipped-in ball. And he's just been a good asset on the left-hand side. For them. Yeah,
0: and Frazier, to your point, looks really good with Trippier, too. That's, like, the main yeah. thing I'm looking forward to when Trippier comes back um, is those two linking up on the right-hand side of the field. Yeah. But- I have to keep reminding myself Newcastle's just as evil as City is. I know we're all <laughs> Newcastle fans and they're the number one team I'd want to watch on any weekend right now. A the, 100% the two
2: goals were, I mean Joelinton's goal was a great header which he did celebrate across the stadium with the it was like 16,000 fans. 000, that's why. 16,000 fans he went all the yeah. way over there to like cuz he's been they've been supporting him <laughs> since day 1. So um he like Trippier
0: won- scores is one thing but if a guy like uh, what's his ass uh Red-haired guy used to get in fights with uh, Steve Bruce all the time. Oh, Richie, Richie, so yeah, Richie. Richie. like it's, if, if like an OG <laughs> Newcastle dude scores, then it's like I gotta
1: run to the other end. Honestly. It's like the OGs and like Joe Willock because yes. he like saved them. Yes.
2: <laughs> but Jolatin obviously did, and then Joe Willock had a great goal as well. Um, great goal, beautifully placed, top right corner. And he like I mean,
1: does that and then he'll just like, he'll just miss the weirdest. Stuff.
2: He's two and two right now. Two goals in two games. They lo- He's immortal to the Newcastle fans, <laughs> I think. After he's, last season, they're yeah. like, dude, you can do no wrong with us, honestly. <laughs> oh he was gosh. scoring like a goal, a game to finish off. Was he sold? Yeah. yeah. It's oh, funny. Yeah. Uh, this because I was, when Kennedy was loaned to Newcastle, he had a great January to May season and then he went back to Newcastle for a full season after that. He didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was one of the and then and um, Joe Willock was one of those guys that Newcastle was like,
0: you sign him and you sign him now. And the Arsenal guys were like another good goal scoring player were just giving away, but is what it is. Um Crystal Palace
2: won, Burnley won. Should points get shared. Points get shared, but I guess the players a shot on this one or Elise and Zaha. They are both creating things for their team. Elise looked really hungry to get a goal. Same with Zaha. Um, and the, they were very exciting to watch. Weghorst was getting involved plenty of times too. Unfortunately, had a, a goal ruled offside, but he's. I think he has been such a one of the signings of January. Yeah, one of the signings of January, and could be the lifeline for Burnley. Uh, he's very he's very physical. We talked about that coming from Germany. Very physical, huge. He looks he, he looks like the guy He's a good Giants counterpart
1: field. for uh, Cornet, who's and, and Lennon. Bear. And yeah. Chris had the pre last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of, a been...
0: bit of a bigger target than Chris Wood on a ball, and <laughs> I would say as well, just slightly. But and
2: he's way more skilled than Chris Wood on the ball. Way more skilled.
0: And I look at this result like right away. I think especially with it's really only Burnley and Watford. When I look at the results, I think did they get a point? And maybe they they felt like they were owed more. Like you said, a goal got called off, so they felt like they could have got all three if they had been a little bit more diligent and 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 organized. But this is a point for Burnley. I mean, this was a team that we were positive was going to get relegated. And when they were when they had all these games in hand and they hadn't played them yet, they were like dead bottom by many yeah, points. Yeah. So, honestly, anytime I see a club like that getting a point, when I see Watford getting a point, I think that's basically three points to them. Pretend that's three because you, you know how close the bottom four, five, six teams are at this point. So, I mean, a point is huge, if anything.
2: Yeah, and unfortunately, um, to speak on the game today, I didn't. I'm not going to get too much into it, but Burnley did lose two nil to Leicester, so an unfortunate win. But I mean, Leicester were at were at their best towards the end, so um, yeah, tough, um, tough for Burnley, but ups Palace, and downs. yeah, ups and downs for sure. Palace get also get a point, and yeah, that ups and
0: it. downs is a great segue into our next game, Andrew, which <laughs> happens to be a team I know you support. United zero, Watford zero. Talk again, about. Let me just bring up again, Watford. This is a big point. This is a glaring point on this match week recap for a team like that. So. Talk
2: about uh, pain from watching your club play, Tristan. This is very, this, this is very <laughs> Don't.
1: <laughs> not today. Um, this is very same old, same old, I feel like. From same United. old,
2: same old. I'm not going to get too much into players or anything Second like that. Second half is dead. Yeah, dead. But um, to give an example of how it was same old, same old. High tempo in the first 20 to 25. In the first 25, Ronaldo misses a sitter. Bruno misses a one-on-one chance. Ronaldo's offsides. He finishes it, but he's offsides. And then Bruno misses again. This all happened in the span of 25 minutes. Um, We go into the second half. I mean, United this entire game was in possession and control. Um, We had plenty of opportunities before the second half. Uh, Alonga misses a sitter. That was a great build-up. Yeah. That was fantastic. It was beautiful football. It was fantastic. Ronaldo scuffs a shot that hits like not too long after that. So... We are getting chances. It, we're just not putting them away. It's a frustrate. It was a frustrating watch, and I can't really shit on like defensively. Other than a couple defensive chances where Watford yeah, did have it's opportunities to, to score say,
0: on a clean sheet, you can maybe you know yeah. Not even if the defending wasn't that great. It's still you have to for a clean sheet say, exactly. It was, be,
2: it was a clean sheet. Not a lot of threat from Watford. A little bit towards the end with Saar, with Sar because he is always a threat and he's super super quick, super skilled very young, um, but I don't know, I can't really talk too much besides the, the fact that it just wasn't our day, and same old, same old as Jalen puts it, it's a perfect example.
1: It's, it, go ahead. I was just saying, did, like, was it more United like not putting away their chances, or was it more like, did Watford not play terribly bad like they usually do?
2: I was 100% United. Not it seemed like United's yeah. second half was United, so bad. United. It was a story of the second <laughs>
1: half for sure.
2: Legitimate goals that should have been put away were Ronaldo's first miss.
0: Alanga's was Elonga's bad. Alanga's
2: opportunity, and you could say Bruno's... I'd say Bruno's first miss. So, yeah, Ronaldo and Bruno's first miss, and then Alanga's miss. So <laughs> it, it could have been 3-0. It could have been 4-0, but 3-0 would have been a comfortable... Comfortable. comfortable prediction yeah. Well
0: and in the second half too i don't think watford created a chance so no. it's not like you guys <laughs> needed to play that well even to beat them really it was just poking one in and then sitting back because watford was never really close to scoring it i think as soon as the second half started they were like boys
2: we are zero zeroing the
0: shit out of this Yeah,
2: it's huge for them huge result like you said massive
0: brighton zero aston villa two big win for aston villa because we were just coming off uh is Stevie G really that good a manager? Maddie Trev? Cash, Matty Cash <laughs> with a pinger to the bottom corner. That, that was, was a good. fantastic shot.
1: Good, good technique, landing a skip on the ground.
2: Oh yeah, that was the Pollock Matty Cash. He chested it down, and then it just was a like perfect half volley. And then yeah. the
1: second goal was just typical. I feel like that was like really early walk-ins, like on his real yeah. career. Where it's just like on the run. Just, yep. just yeah, so, he has a weird run. He he. It's like and it, it's funny because McKenna, McKenna knows I always harp on people's runs. Like yeah. I'll be like, that guy runs like you're a good run judge. Yeah, Banford. <laughs> That's runs That's why like you hate freak.
0: Raheem Sterling because he runs like
1: this. Yeah, his runs also Your chicken wings. Him, him, and I and Robin run the, the exact <laughs> yeah, same. Literally. But yeah, um, like Ollie Watkins has that weird like. His is powerful, but it's like very like. He's very stiff. Yeah, rigid. It's mad rigid.
2: Like you are running like a Minecraft character. You can <laughs> stretch. <laughs> he was just walking into a wall.
1: But he um, started a fantastic. But yeah, ball.
2: on the Watkins goal, I was yeah, good like, finish. Great finish. Five um, of them. It was also a direct ball play out of the back from Tyrone Migs, uh, which Veltman slightly poor, he poorly um, judged the timing of the ball and his run and his um and his run to head it. So, uh yeah, I mean, this was an Aston, Aston Villa did not play that well. Brighton were... Brian's in a pooper. right Brighton were dominating the entire match, but... I hate to see it
0: because of King Graham, but uh, they're not getting points right now, and I look at Villa, there's still, I think, more Premier League games left than we all realize. To me, it feels like the season is coming to a crashing halt right now, but there's what, like eight or nine games left total? But... I don't know. The more I watch Villa play, the more I am like, I feel like they have accepted what this season is for them, which is exactly what you are seeing right now. If they're going to finish about middle of the table, and come next season they can really take off. I don't know that there is enough time left for them to really make like a Europa push. Or
2: yeah, no, no, I could no, be wrong no, no, because, like,
0: you know, like we always say, you win three games in a row, it launches you up the table. It's still pretty close in the middle right now, but. I don't. I just they haven't been convincing enough to me. I feel like you guys feel largely the same way. This is not really a team that's going to make. And I don't
1: even know if that was like Stevie G's. I don't know if that was what he was brought in to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think their goal was like it's not I right th- away. I, I think they were it was, shit uh, with
0: Dean Smith. Uh, I, I was trying to
1: say. I think it was more of like get us out of this area. Like we're mid table, high mid table, like mid table. We're not. We'll give you a little bonus to get us to say. Yeah, we're not. We're <laughs> not where we're at right now. So Plus, no. Yeah they, yeah,
0: they probably look at Stevie G so differently than Dean. Like they probably like Dean Smith, but. Stevie G like, oh my god, this could be like a Premier League great manager. McGinn like, like, and
1: Dean Smith almost had a boxing match yeah. in like the the only
2: the only thing that makes me think that Villa wanted Gerrard to get to a European spot is because of the signings they've made with Luca Digne and Coutinho. I, I that's a good point. That's a good point. So you, is
0: this Villa front office maybe not happy with where Villa are right now? Kind of like they're dude, definitely not happy. They definitely, the honeymoon they definitely period's have mad over. Trust
1: in uh, Gerrard. They have.
0: They don't. They're not happy, but they. They're gonna trust the process. That's a that's a good point. You know, they Villa. We're all we're a big club. We sign who we want. Let's go bid for Emile it's a Smith big. It, well, <laughs> it's a,
1: it's like a big uh, Mikel Arteta with Arsenal thing. Yeah. I feel like they definitely weren't happy with Mikel at certain points, but they stuck with him. And yeah, it's, exactly. And it's you know, I like player. that.
0: I would I would like to see Gerard work out at Villa. I don't want to see like.
1: Well, it's very retro to you know trust True. your manager.
2: I yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's far between and now. Give someone a chance, and <laughs> not fire them. But I, I think uh, I think Villa. I lost my fucking point. <laughs> nah. Hey. No, but I I think for to bring Gerard in, I think it was more of the hype. Of, I, this is my point. This was it was all of the hype of the fans and the football world that were like, "Oh, Gerard's a great manager. He did it in Scotland. He's going to come to the Premier League and show what he's capable of." And, and obviously he has the pull to bring players to Aston Villa, and there's no harm in bringing Coutinho or or Luka Dina to your club for the betterment of it, no matter if it's not Europe like they're available. Go get them. Let's let's see where we can finish the season, with where we were at at the time. So, and how long
0: has it been? What did he come in like right, right before we went to Portland? Right because we saw Liverpool play Villa, and I think Gerard was coaching them then, wasn't he? Am I wrong? I, it was around like was, I think it was after. It was, it was after. It was after I that. Think yeah. So it was just mm. before January, sometime in December. Yeah, that he comes on. But, so yeah.
2: hasn't really been there that long. Not that long. Also, I think it's the hype of people outside of the club. That are actually pushing this whole European thing. Like yeah. Sky Sports came to, they like they had that bullshit. Well, not bullshit, but they had the interview with. We already Gerard. said it, dude. Too yeah, late. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> but I just like to say that because it <laughs> a puff piece. I like to say because like Connor <laughs> it threw him <it>, some softball <laughs> questions because because it was like the Brendan Rodgers. Because I bring it back to Brendan Rodgers, he did like twelve. He won like twelve Scottish Premier League titles, so it's like. Gerard won if you one. get
0: bored of winning the title, the league is too easy. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> after twelve
2: wins, would you yeah. not be
0: like, okay, this is a it, little It silly, may have been like- less
2: than twelve, but one of my point is that like I think with the name of Gerard and with his history as a player, with Essen Villa as a club and in their past, and the expectations of the manager himself, I think it was more of the media, the fans, the Liverpool fans, the football world. That brought this hype of like a whole finish in a European spot come May. But realistically, he has to implement a system. He has to get the right players in.
0: And they have. We've seen they they've, yeah. they've really rebranded. They look like a team coached by yeah. Gerard now, so that's a big Gave thing. Give him till next
2: season to st- to start hailing him as this great
0: manager. You do bring up kind of a hauntingly good point, which is like that's the catch-22, right? Like, if we back you and get you the players you want, the results have to be there. Nice. There's way more understanding when you haven't been given the players you asked for and then the results the only, don't
2: come. The Coutinho thing, I guess, to go back on that Dude, is Dude, Coutinho... He's on loan, is the one thing you can say. I feel like they definitely will push to buy that because he's kind of at that point. Buy they they yeah. should just do well, that. Well, Barcelona can't should. pay
1: his wages, so he's going to be, he's <laughs> be out. So. Yeah. Better they have, point. They have to pay. They have
0: they to buy. They got dust him. coming out of their ATMs at, <laughs> at, at the. Uh, they got mob, they got
1: mob money. <laughs> it's, it's
0: all they're banking off of right now. Like,
1: uh, but b- they're in results. Big Johnny. Not to divert he, the conversation, but.
0: Well. One of the, I think, unfortunately, the main points of the weekend was, was was poor VAR usage. And that largely circles around the Everton-Man City game, which ended 1-0-Man City. Uh, Rodrigo pretty clearly handballs the ball in the box, which should lead to an Everton penalty. It gets overturned. Frank Lampard's very justly upset. And FIFA this past week issues an apology towards <laughs> Everton
2: Football Club. I think it was the FA.
0: The FA was it the FA, or which FIFA? is good too, because yeah. I just realized that an apology is worth three points. So everything's fine, everything's forgiven. Uh, uh,
1: I was actually a big fan of the apology. I thought
0: I was blown. By, I would love to hear your reasoning. I was blown away. I think I it think it pissed it's, me
1: off. I didn't care just because it it the apology it like it's embarrassing for the FA it's embarrassing for the Prem like this is a proven technology you have five you have five refs basically yeah and you have someone in the booth that and a can computer re- that can replay that a million times and he's looking at that and he's saying how can I judge like. He, I feel like they were more justified. They weren't justifying it to make the right call. They were justifying how can I make this not a handball? Like, I yeah. don't think they're making the right decision. And honestly, I thought the apology was just embarrassing for them to do. Like, for a club to ask you, you should probably publicly apologize for us for how shitty a call that was. Good point. And for them to say that, like, I thought it was. Guys, empathy
0: goes a long I, way. I, I, it's, a it's, not like I
1: it's not like I really I care, know. but it's definitely just like. It was the. It's uh, cool. Like,
0: allow it's just, me to agree with you for a moment, which is, yeah, this is not an organization that likes taking responsibility or probably likes apologizing. That probably wasn't something they wanted to do. And it definitely is worth something showing it. If this had happened in August, it's way different, but like I've largely voiced my criticisms of him, but I'm thinking I'm, I have my feet in Frank Lampard's shoes right now. And I think he gets up there and he's like, I'm, I'm trying to rescue this club. I'm trying to keep them afloat it's not a fun job i'm glad to have it but it's really stressful and like the last fucking thing i needed like this is the opposite of what a what a team that's getting relegated needs to happen like this is the opposite of the luck that a team like us should be getting after i mean shit i feel like i feel like shit for complaining about Spurs' season imagine being a fucking everton fan dude like
2: for clarity it's the professional game match officials limited it's not fa sorry for uh for the for the uh, misinformation. Sorry, there. FA, you're completely clean. Yeah. They are um, they provide officials for all games played in the Premier League, EFL, and FA. I think so.
0: You're exact. You're exactly bang on. Where it was not yeah. totally uh, behaviorally consistent of them to give an apology. So the fact that they did that is extremely indicative because I'm a shithead pessimist and I assume Frank shares that with me a little bit. He probably (laughs) is like, thanks. I can't plug this apology into the fucking table and get myself out of 17th. So I think he'll definitely moving forward, be like a bit angrier, a bit more like, Urgent Ch- and Chelsea, hasty. Chelsea, Frank, Chelsea Lampart, Frank Where he's telling uh, Klopp to relax Yeah yeah, relax. yeah, yeah. My favorite <laughs> moment Of last season That's that Easily <laughs> my favorite Moment of last season Was the Klopp Frank fight he, he,
1: he, I, I, <laughs> figured, I think someone Posted on Twitter and I was just watching it, Like this so. man Came at everyone He's like You back there Shut the fuck up Yeah <laughs> he did He really did and, and then He's like, like Calm down Yeah come Cl- down. Klopp's yeah. like Calm down He's like
2: You shut up dude <laughs> I was like You <laughs> Hey <laughs> fuck off <laughs> Jesus uh, That but, guy's too much I know what you mean, though. It is. The the apology shows how embarrassing of a call it was. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I guess just the just apology like,
0: didn't, like, I, I don't know. I didn't think enough I about I was saying, you're, you're very.
1: Did. And I understand your point because you're thinking in terms of Everton, but I'm more thinking in yeah. terms of the refs just showing how pretty right. poor they've been. Our bad. So far. Yeah. It's just, it's just, but I understand your point because, like, to, to Everton, like, to Frank Lane, part, like, what am I supposed to do with this? I. Still don't have three points. We still suck. <laughs> I can't really <laughs> do anything. About.
2: <laughs> and then that would have been a
1: huge. I'm still with Michael Keane. <laughs>
2: that, <laughs> that would have been a huge point or or three points, whatever. Three points I, don't, I point. don't know how that would have even changed. One point, dude. Yeah, even like, because it's a guaranteed
1: point, loss but, yeah. for
0: so many other clubs. That's like how yeah. I look at it. Where if you beat a team like City or even draw, it's like ninety five percent of the other Premier League clubs will lose all three points to that. So if you can get through that point in your schedule with with a point, you know, it's not to overuse the word, but Tough, I, f- I do feel bad. It takes a lot for me to feel bad for Frank Lampard, but this was a weekend I was like, "Jeez, man, you could have used." Yeah,
2: it. Uh, his post match interview is really.
0: He looked calm, defe- anger. He looked very defeated. Like I he guess looked defeated, but like he looked like an Ozark. How Marty is always like, <laughs> yeah. he's always like calm but angry, and that's the scariest type of angry because someone <laughs> who is composed of their emotions is actually way scarier than someone freaking out. And that's how I saw Frank, where I was like. Wow, I can tell he's really churning a plan, but it's, <laughs> he's taking everything, and I'm not to just bite the head of this. He microphone. probably knows so
2: many people at this organization that he's calling up. Oh yeah, like immediately afterwards, no doubt. So
0: good thing about a good thing about uh, former players becoming managers. I'm sure the managers have plenty of contacts themselves, but yeah. crazy though the amount of guys that they've met over the years, the amount of those guys they've met who are who are they've played with are in other positions in football yeah. now, not necessarily mm-hmm. coaching or, in, or even in punditry, but like a behind the scenes guy, someone who works as like a producer of something or somebody who works like as a league official. So always good things to know. And I feel like that's a huge, uh, a huge hack is having a former player as your manager, but yeah, definitely. And then I guess to quickly touch on city, it's a, it's a big three points for them. I mean, every win from here on out is going to be huge. Until that padding, if it ever does reach this, I'm glad
1: true. we can say that. Though I'm really glad yeah, that we can say no, like right? a win matters to them. Like <laughs> yeah. it's been like it's much, this bullshit. Yeah, it's been months since we said that we're like, oh, city won.
2: Uh oh, great. And and so the gonna, big
0: question this week is the league over? And we're all like, yeah, it's over. It's over. City had a uh, five
2: point lead. They're done. The worst part is that Connor will never admit that there's a title race. I'll just. Pay this. He'll play the pessimistic. Dude, he'll act like his yeah. team
0: is easily going to be in the fight until you you bring up the. And I told you so. like, I told you so. We were, yeah. we're
2: going to come cause back because then he could fall back. And on He's going to
0: pick them to draw teams like Burnley and Norwich the rest of the season, and they'll win. They'll win. And if there's get one thing,
2: I know Connor's not here to defend himself yet. He wasn't. So the quick. Last, we, on.
1: Should, we should make like a compilation of yeah. how often we do that. <laughs> he
2: was. He wasn't on the last podcast either, but um, is he'll. He'll do that just to fall back on it, just in case they don't make it at all. Like he, he'll only we were never we were never Liverpool. We were never Liverpool. Doesn't work like that, pal. If he's like ten points clear, yeah. <laughs> like, or they're in the final or whatever. But I guess that's the luxury. But
0: I mean, it is a big three points for City. One season. you can tell <laughs> the you can tell the City players too. Like I, I don't. There wasn't a lot of smiling faces when they scored that goal. It was like an angry. We took the lead and. I think one thing that's been pretty consistent about City is they never play better than when they've just lost. So I think last time they did lose, they went on a winning streak, and we were all saying they might not lose the rest of the season. I don't actually know if they did lose the rest of the season because this was last year when they won the league. Yeah, yeah. Might have dropped a couple points here and there, but this is where I feel like, I mean, there's not enough good things to say about Pep's Man City. I'm clearly a Pep stan. I talk about him all the time. I think that team is killers, and I love it. But, like, one thing I think I love the most about them is that after they lose a game, they rarely lose the next or drop points. They are very susceptible to go on a run. Like, other teams lose, and then the skid begins. They're like, oh, shit, what do we do? But City's like, oh, man, like, they're the only team that really bounces back from a loss with a, like, this wasn't a convincing win, but... Dude, say next week and they win two nothing, three nothing. I know they have another match versus Liverpool, which is going to be a humdinger. I oh cannot God. wait what for. Is, but oh, that's it's like, like three weeks. That's three when we're. In, that's weeks. when we're in England. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you guys are there for that. Yeah. So should definitely try and at least be near the stadium and I don't think, catch a bottle. I think the we head. might
2: try and you might try and go to it. It'll be
0: br- I mean, it'd be a very that's going to be a be a very uh game with a lot of implications, honestly. Yeah. So, and at that point, who knows how close it is? But
1: we sure can assure United Jersey just got the shit be yeah, out right. by two. God, fuck you right.
2: guys! I'm from New York. They beat him up because he's in fourth and <laughs> not in the both, top three. But it's
1: both. It's both fans. It's both. It's, it's light blue and red <laughs> coming together yeah, to guys, just beat him. <laughs> Look at each
2: other like they nod right. their head. Yeah, and yeah like, oh. start kicking but, him.
0: I mean, that'll be huge. That game is going to be absolutely massive. Yeah. And I, we we have, like I said, I don't know. I wanted to get everybody's rest of schedule and write it out, but I'm like, we're not quite that close yet from were yeah, warrant yeah, doing yeah. that for an episode. But I mean, they do have a, a, a chunk of games left that I could see them winning out just because that's who they are and that's their MO. And we might not ever see a team like that for a really long time. So
2: yeah, no, that's for sure. Interesting stuff. The only game of Sunday
0: was West Ham one Wolves nil, and We've been saying for a long time too. We might have been the great jinx for wolves because of how good they looked. Now they weren't. Conceiving. Yeah, all we
2: kept saying was they're so good, they're so good. And then Out, they their
0: two losses on the bounce. Yeah. They lost in the 94th minute of 96 total minutes to to Arsenal last week.
1: After being up one zero the entire game,
0: up one nothing. Great game from Jose Saw. Although every game from Jose Saw has been great. And then they lose one nothing to him. I'm he's heartbreak like a heartbreaker really, one thing.
1: He's like a really weird Rui patricio david De Gea looking it's hybrid. Same
2: guy. It's the beard. Sometimes I think the, it's the same thing. The David person. De Gea part is the beard. beard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's very... Yeah, I, it sucks because... Like, how, did the, how have they lost two so, games in a row now? The, the way I looked at West Ham in this game, they definitely relied on the counter a lot. And they hit their highest gear. We haven't seen that from West Ham recently. We've been saying, like, they've been... They've been hurting, they've, they've been, been struggling. They've been teetering, like that's a lot of teams, but they've been doing it the most significantly compared to where they were early on in the season. And in this game, when you did see them around Wolves' was 18, they were very creative, they were gritty. Um, Antonio looked good, even though he's in a goal drought right now. But uh, He just, assisted the goal that got scored? He assisted the goal, yeah, and that goal was really Cresswell well. did all the hard work, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about anything. Cresswell worked that goal. It was like, it was who scored? It was Sucic. Suchich,
0: Suchak, that's right. So,
2: but. That's right. The goal itself, yes, Cresswell worked hard, but it was still, it was like gritty, but also like creative at the same time, if that makes sense. But yeah, I just think West Ham were, they hit their highest gear and they did enough to obviously throw West Ham off. I mean, Wolves off. I think West Ham have the better back line too. I don't think on the day they did at least. And that Suchet's goal, he was unmarked. Nobody was on him. Pretty wide open, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a it's good to see that from West Ham because as as much as they're fighting with United right now, they do have some fight in them in them left and I don't know. I just think they're a team that I still think they're they're still geared
1: down from what they were running on before. They definitely deep were. Enough.
2: They definitely were. But I think this game was unfortunately this game was a was a flashback of what they were doing earlier this season. The, yeah. Also Antonio hasn't scored since like October. So
0: I you know, that's a London club that And I think most West Ham fans will say, I find this hilarious. West Ham fans love beating Tottenham over any other club because I think that's their most attainable London rival where they're like, oh my God, we can actually like, we can match up with these guys pretty well today. Mm -hmm. And they have been. Um, But I mean, they'll look at this game as, they've been higher in the table than Wolves for most of the season. Yeah. But largely Wolves have been the team in form lately and West Ham have not been. So crushing loss for Wolves, but I mean... As a Premier League fan and as someone who loves to see teams like West Ham do well in the league, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. It's good to see you guys get that. Not a lot of hard-earned wins come West Ham's way. Like, really, things need to fall into the right place. Jared Bowen needs to turn into Jared Messi. And sometimes he does, but I mean, a lot of things do kind of need to fall into place for West Ham to get all three. So when they do, I'm like, David Moyes earned this one today
2: for sure. Yeah, no, I I mean... Top, top four the race is on top I four mean, and bottom four It's like yeah. uh, those, I mean, middle,
1: those middle guys are on vacation
2: they're
1: in their own
2: world patrick Vieira is like smoking a cigar right he's yeah. lighting the cigar up he's having a glass of whiskey he's uh, I'm done. he's like
0: if I'm above 15th at the sixth game mark I'm just gonna drink every day <laughs> <And> <laughs> like
2: his glass
1: do. of whiskey is enough that's like he's like you know, vacationing. He's nice, but it's just enough to show that he has a little anxiousness and yeah, yeah. a little bit over <laughs> yeah, the line. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he can get through his press conference off a little cup, but anything <laughs> past that, you're putting the bottles under the table <laughs> in case you
1: need to, uh,
2: Is that it? it
0: <laughs> That's it. That's the weekend's quick, action. Quick
2: question. I saw something online. It was uh, who's been the most underrated manager this season? Oh, God. Go. Bruno Lodge. Is he even underrated? Bruno Lodge. I think it's Bruno Lodge. I was going to say Mikel.
0: Mikel, that's a, another great pick. If it's
2: not Bruno Lodge, it's Sean Dyche for me. Would you, still, he still has the least amount spent, and they if they stay up, he probably should yeah. be the most underrated.
1: I would say that it's still their pretty shittiest season. I feel like they, they, they did way better last season.
2: Yeah, but considering they didn't invest that much this summer. I
1: think
0: Weghorst was the last guy. That When did they bring in Cornet Over the summer, and it was like nothing. Yeah. I, I agree, is is Bruno Lodge like even even I don't, under the radar guy or is he like straight up at this point for many people a, co- a manager of the season pick cuz he should be absolutely should be in the top 4 in terms of the four strongest managers we've seen this season Jose saw or uh, Bruno Lodge is definitely in that conversation I would say
1: from bringing it from the low that unfortunately like Nuno's tenor ended to where he brought him back
2: up Yeah so no I, I think I would say Bruno Lage I think is. also like the with the moves he made in the transfer window, selling Traore, um, and then obviously selling Rui Patricio, bringing in certain players, some questionable, like not too familiar names. I think he's done a great job so far. I think it all depends on where, obviously, they finish.
0: David um, Moyes could be in that conversation, if, too. If
2: David Moyes finishes fifth, I think, yes, he could be yeah. in the running. And then it's, obviously the the, two, right? then it's obviously the Premier League winner.
0: Pap, you could say Pap. I mean, once again, doing it without a striker—that's a guy who you could go not not in the underrated conversation, but obviously the segwayed into the manager of the season. So far, I think if you had to look at it from Klopp, would be up there. Unfortunately, just because he would be. They won. I mean, they won the
2: Carabao. They already have a. They already have
0: silverware. So,
2: So, I don't. Yeah, it's. uh, I think Bruno Lage is my pick, and then Sean Dyche after that.
0: It's going to be the only entertaining, I feel like, race because Golden Boot's pretty much all but wrapped. Mo has, what, nine goals <laughs> on the guy who's in second place, which I think Sonny's up there in terms of, like, the second-place spot. But Mo has kind of run away with Golden Boot this season. Uh, he has both. He has both. And if he's the assist leader. Geez, yeah. He's going to be the new Harry Kane. And the second assist yeah, I said
1: leader it. is a, uh, another Liverpool guy, and then the third one is another Liverpool yeah. guy. So
0: Yeah, this has kind of been that season.
2: <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Anything else, guys? Yeah, We, we got maybe plug our episode Sunday? Guys. We're going live? I'm looking in the camera right now at you. It's <laughs> <That's> really bright. <laughs> There's two I wouldn't lights. recommend doing that. For too long. <laughs> um, but this Sunday, 1130, we have the Manchester Derby live from Boston. We'll be tuning in. Be sure to check the link tree out for Twitch. We'll be there. Also, Connor will make a graphic. We'll be up soon. What do you guys pick? And, Con- and, line for that game. and
1: Connor will be back.
2: Okay, he'll be back too. He'll be back for that. He's used at Balls vacation. So also, it's a hep- episode one hundred.
0: Also, it's it's our centennial episode. <laughs> uh, we gotta wear our centennial kits. <laughs>
2: we we shit, just, we'll just get a white t shirt and put a hundred yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's I'll, basically
0: what the centennial kits look like. So it's a white t shirt with a font.
2: <laughs> I actually will go to the store and buy like do it. I'll, I'll make us. I will do that. I will do that. I'll gladly split it with you. I'll draw it. I'll get here. Tristan
1: can have H O. Andrew can have. W L and then I'll have ER and then kind of have S and it'll just be hellers.
2: Yes. <laughs> and then on the back, it says a hundred
0: yeah. and Sharpie. It's just, that's going to be hard to put a hundred on across four people. Maybe an exclamation t, point at t- the t-shirt,
1: end. T-shirt t-shirt marker.
0: Yeah. I was going to put a hundred on like each of us. Oh, right. I thought you meant like we all do it. I'm like, cause then it's four, <laughs> but Andrew, there's three digits. <laughs> My
2: math. Um, guys, as always, we love having you here. Thank you so much for joining us on Twitch. If you're there, be sure to check our link tree out for all of our platforms and which we stream. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube. All the socials are there. See you very soon. Bye-bye now. Peace out, people.